we are pleased today to have with us Ambassador Dory Gold, best-selling author and former ambassador from the State of Israel to the United Nations. Um, Dory Gold has been at the center of many of Israel's recent uh, diplomatic initiatives around the world, including establishing former uh, uh, formal relations with countries uh, uh, that haven't been in Israel's orbit over the years, but also of establishing very strong alliances with countries like India. Um, and um, we're going to talk about uh, several subjects, but I'd like to begin by asking Dory, there are some headlines here in the United States that the Prime Minister of Israel um, uh, was the subject of a police investigation or is the subject of a police investigation. And I just want to know if politically in the state of Israel, that particular initiative by the police um, is in fact uh, causing political turmoil in Israel or is uh, the Israeli political coalition that is con currently in power uh, still uh, functioning? I think there are two sentiments in Israel that actually do not contradict each other but they are the prevailing sentiments. Number one, Israel is a country of law, and we have a legal system, and we'll allow our legal system to uh, deal with these uh, suspicions. Um, uh, but at the same time, I think there's a broad recognition that Prime Minister Netanyahu has led a revolution in Israel's standing in the world. And I think what people hope for is that the rule of law will be preserved and um, Israel's new relations around the world will continue to grow. Uh, going on to a story that made a tremendous amount of news around the world and specifically here in the United States is a recent exchange between Israel's military forces and Iranian slash Hezbollah forces, which began with Israel shooting down a drone um, and uh, and included an Israeli warplane being shot down. Can you explain what the facts of this situation are and uh, how Israel responded, and what that says about the region's um, uh, situation between Israel, Iran, Syria, and all the other players. Well, basically it goes like this. Since 1979, and we really have to go back that far, Iran has been on the march in the Middle East. That march has been was somewhat held back by other regional developments uh, in, uh, across the area, but as of late, particularly with the defeat of ISIS in Iraq and Syria, the Iranians have renewed their efforts. It's well known 
that they have been active in Iraq, in Syria, in Lebanon. They have been uh, active in Yemen. Their navy has been expanding its uh, area of uh, patrols outside of the Persian Gulf into the Indian Ocean and the Red Sea. So uh, how we say this, Iran is on a roll. But now the Iranians decided to take it just one uh, another step. When they launched an unmanned aerial vehicle uh, towards Israel to cross the Lebanese-Israeli border, where they seem to have also used the path going through Jordan partially, uh, what and enter Israeli airspace. This is something which um, we have never seen before. The Iranians always used to like to use proxies, somebody who would fight for them, spy for them, uh, attack Israeli and Western targets for them, like Hezbollah. But having Iran do it itself is a whole new ballgame. Uh, Israel has been warning consistently, and in particular this is Prime Minister Netanyahu who has been leading the charge in this area. Israel has been warning that uh, in the f- near future, one of the great dangers that could emerge in Syria as we move to a Syrian ceasefire is that Iran will stay in Syria with its own forces, with its own boots on the ground, and convert Syria into a satellite state of Iran. That means there'll be Iranian ground forces there. There may be Iranian air bases there. There may be Iranian naval bases in the Mediterranean. That is something which Israel cannot accept and will not accept. And it is our hope that all the great powers will agree with us on this point. And you know what? There's a chance even Russia might agree with us. But that requires a lot of diplomatic work, and that's what Israel's engaging in at present. What has come out of, from a military perspective, of the exchange between Israel and Iran, the one which included what you've just been addressing, is Israel now seen as being militarily vulnerable? Um, or is it the other way around? Is, are there lasting uh, implications from the exchanges that recently took place? Well, Israel's adversaries have expressed satisfaction and focus as a result on the fact that Israel lost an F-16I in this military exchange. I don't know if it was an ambush, but our Air Force found itself in a dense area of anti-aircraft fire, including some old systems like the SA-5, a long-range Soviet anti-aircraft system. And uh, one of these missiles exploded very close to our F-16. As a result, our pilots had to ditch the plane, bail out. Uh, They are okay. One of them was wounded, but he's doing very well in hospital. 
uh, and the plane went down into a ball of flames. That, for the, um, our adversaries, was a big success. But the other side of the equation is that Israel found roughly what's been announced 12 separate targets uh, in the north, in Syria. Some of these targets included very um, sensitive Iranian sites on Syrian soil, including a command and control center, which the Iranians used for dispatching air power against Israel. So on the one hand, we don't know yet why the Israeli plane fell. Was it just the uh, air defense missile of the uh, Syrians that did it? Was there pilot error? Was there a technical problem? Um, but whatever it was, the bigger story is that Israel knew exactly where the Iranians are located in Syria, and those areas were hit very strongly. Moreover, since we suspect that the Iranians may yet again try and cause harm to Israel, Israel destroyed half the air defense missiles of Syria in that military um, exchange last weekend. So, uh, yeah, you do lose some things in, in war. War does not have risks. Is without, or war has risks, I should say. But um, Israel demonstrated its prowess, and its prowess is both in its intelligence collection and in its operational strength. One of the biggest changes that has occurred since the election of Donald Trump has been a strengthening of relations between Israel and the United States, and also of the building of a coalition that includes the United States and Israel in a coalition that is opposing the expansion of Iran. Can you talk briefly about um, what this new relationship um, between Israel and the United States means, and do you think that it, it, that it actually exists? Um, and secondly, what are the implications for the region? The easiest way for me to answer your question is to take you into a slight detour into history. Uh, right after World War II, you might remember, we had a, uh, a war that pitted Nazi Germany against allied powers like France. And suddenly now, with Nazi Germany defeated in 1945, France, Germany, and other countries like uh, Netherlands and Belgium all found themselves on the same side when they had to face Soviet armored divisions that were massing in East Germany and in Czechoslovakia. In other words, the common threat took former adversaries and put them together. Now, what made that coalition possible with the eventual emergence of the NATO alliance was the leadership of the United States under Presidents Truman and Eisenhower. And uh, that changed the shape 
of uh, the, what's sometimes called the security architecture uh, in Europe. Well, if you take the Middle East, and now you go fast forward to 2018, you find former adversaries, Arab states, who want to have better relations with Israel. They check it out, they investigate it, they may do it step by step, but that's the general direction. And they are finding themselves on the same side of the fence as Israel, not because of a Soviet Union existing, that's gone, but because of the imperial expansion of the Islamic Republic of Iran. And so, ironically, while this is a direct threat to all of us, it's also leading to a semi-positive development, the possibility of these countries all grouping together. So what you described is very much conceivable. And I think the first American president who's internalized that and may be acting on it, it's a little early to say, is President Donald Trump. And if he forms the equivalent of a Middle Eastern NATO, even without a formal alliance, even without formal meetings, it will be a great breakthrough that will provide stability for the Middle East, prevent the expansion of Iran, and um, help all these countries collectively and individually.